Hey, guess what? <gasps> what? Adnan is out. Oh my God. I seriously started crying when I read it. I was so happy. It is ridiculous how invested I am in this case that has absolutely no personal con- connection to me at all. That, it makes my heart happy. Uh, so it's like, so his conviction's been overturned. The state has time to, they have 30 days to either drop charges against Adnan or retry him. So according to the motion, which of course I read the night it came out and watched over all his lives and everything, there were two suspects that they had at the time of his trial that were not disclosed to the defense. So that right there is a Brady violation. And the cro- the cops were crooked. There have been, I think, four total for the two cops involved, Ritz and McGillivary, that um, convictions have been overturned in murder cases for both of them. It just, It's just, it was, they decided who did it before they got evidence. And they've ruined Adnan's life. And Heyman Lee hasn't gotten justice. But now Adnan's out. So now we can, we got that part done. Check it off the list. Now we can focus on getting justice for Heyman Lee. But I really did. I started crying when I read it. So like, I keep thinking, I know it's so stupid, but I keep thinking of like, oh my gosh, he's like getting to eat dinner with his family right now. Right? (laughs) He can like just get up and go to the bathroom when he wants. Yeah. By himself for however long until the water runs cold. Like, I hope that he gets to eat whatever he wants to eat and take a shower and sleep in his own bed. I hope for the rest of his life, his food always comes out the perfect temperature and perfectly seasoned. Amen. (laughs) Okay. Let me get that out of the way. Okay. Hey guys, I'm Kelly. Oh, and I'm Ashley. And welcome to A Day With Murder. So our case today is from September 27, 1983. So our case takes place in 1983, but it actually began in 1978 with Anthony Bertolotti. Back then, he was known as Larry Jackson. Wow. I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Did you ever, fi- I could never find a, did you ever see a picture of this dude? A picture of him? No. I couldn't find a, uh, I couldn't find a picture that I was positive was of her either. Okay. Anyway. In South Dade County, California, Bertolotti was arrested on a charge. Now, no. remember. No, not California. Did I say, what did I say? California. Oh, did I? I meant yeah. Florida. Stop Potato doing Potato. that to me. What? I'm reading along with you. And I'm like, okay. Apparently, I'm not even okay. reading along with me. <laughs> I'm just making up places. In South Dakota. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> in, all right. In Florida, South Dakota. In South Dade County, Florida, Bertolotti, who is also known as Larry Jackson at this time, he was Larry <laughs> Jackson, was arrested. He's got a lot of different aliases coming he up does. too, doesn't he? So this is going to yes. be confusing. This guy, he, he's all, it's all Bertolotti. Even if we call him a bunch of different names, it's Bertolotti. <laughs> but at this time, his first arrest that we could find, his name is Larry Jackson. So he was arrested on a charge of attempted first degree murder. His girlfriend at the time was trying to break up with him and leave, but as she was doing so, he came up and stabbed her in the head and in her back. Uh-huh. Wait, this is not even... That's awful enough. Let's add to it. Charges mm-hmm. eventually got dropped down to aggravated battery, and he was simply placed on a 10-year probation. 
That's it. No jail. That's it. I, I don't. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. That's not okay. Mm-mm. Jeez. And anytime somebody says, why don't, why don't people leave bad relationships? This is why. Abusive. Yes, this is why. A year later, on July 13th, 1979, Bertolotti was back. This, this time. <laughs> sorry, I was laughing at your writing. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> this name under the alias. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. South Dakota. Okay. <laughs> so this time, his alias was, he went from Larry Jackson to now Anthony Jackson. He's getting gradually more Italian. Well, <laughs> Anthony Bertolotti. Uh-huh. At least Anthony Jackson, at least Anthony is there. Just where did Larry, who's Larry? Apparently him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand but only your question. in 1978. <laughs> What? Okay. He went from Larry Jackson to Anthony Jackson to Anthony Bertolotti. Yeah. He got more. He wanted more pasta. <laughs> I mean, same. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're doing that thing where we make jokes because he's he's just so awful. This is he just is. awful. It is. So on July 13th, 1979, Anthony Jackson, Anthony Bertolotti, Bertolotti, Larry Jackson, all the same person. He knocked on the apartment door of a 20, 21 year old deaf woman. He handed her a note that said he was there to read the electric meter and she let him in. He ripped her clothing, pushed her into a chair and made lewd advances towards her. Thankfully, she was able to escape. He was sentenced to six years in prison after serving only two. He was let out with five years probation. I don't understand how this happens. I don't either. I guess in the 70s, they didn't have you could just tell people your name and they were like, okay, yeah. Because, I mean, there's no computer. There's no, you know what I mean? It's not like they could put in a social security number in a thing and come back with something. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just, it's, even I mean, still. That, I mean, how did they do the fingerprint thing back then? You literally just had to look. They would take your fingerprint. You just had to look. Sorry. I forget why that was. I, somebody talked about that on a podcast about a case one time. And I don't remember which one it was. But I remember thinking, no. Mm-mm, no, thank you. That's. That seems like a lot. It was. No, thanks. No, thanks. But even still, he broke into her apartment and was basically about to assault her. Yeah. And he got six years and was let out after two. Yeah. That's it. Don't do it again. With five years probation, though, so it's okay. Okay. So, Anthony Jackson, Anthony Bertolotti, Larry Jackson. He was taken to the probation office to sign up with his officer. He was told to sit in the lobby and wait his turn... When that time came around and his name was called, he was nowhere to be found. A warrant for his arrest was issued in July of 1982. Two months later is where our story picks up again. Yep. Now, from experience, you are released and you are told to go to a place. You, In a known instance, you had to drive to that place and you had to wait. Uh-huh. And Yeah, but it's not the DMV. You're not supposed to just be like, okay, well, I don't feel like waiting. I'm out. I mean, I know that, and but it's not a good system. I mean, Clearly not. You know what I mean? Like it's not. Don't don't live in the seventies, guys. <laughs> it's my life advice. <laughs> life advice: Don't live in the seventies or early eighties. That's really good, solid advice. Thank you, because he's Nailed already it. stabbed a woman in the head and back, mm-hmm. basically kidnapped and almost assaulted another woman, uh-huh. and he's got a total of two years, and he's out. So, 
Bill and Carol Ward lived in Rosemont, Florida. They had been married for 21 years and had a 12-year-old son. Unfortunately, Carol had a lot of medical problems and their son actually went to live with Bill's parents not too far away. And like, I couldn't find the name of their kid or like, I have no idea who these people are. I didn't get to meet them. Okay. Bill was a history teacher at nearby Apopka Junior High School. Stop it. I went to daycare in Apopka. Really? Uh Uh-huh. That's where my daycare was. That's weird. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I thought you were making fun of me because how I no. said it. And I was like, how else would you say that? No, I know how to say that. Uh, you I went were to doing daycare there. Hands. I was excited. I went okay. to daycare in Apopka. Sorry. So, and <laughs> Bill was a history teacher at nearby Apopka Junior High School. And due to her medical conditions, Carol didn't work. A neighbor said, quote, she was frail. She had suffered with a kidney ailment for years, but she enjoyed gardening. Visitors to the house were few, probably due to her health. I don't think she would have been able to fight off an attacker. Sadly, this is what happened on September 27th, 1983. So this is Bill's recount of what happened that day. Um, And Bill is Carol's husband. Upon arriving home, I noticed that the garage door was open and that Carol's car was not there. That struck me as a little unusual. She's always here when I get home. I went into the garage and opened the door to the kitchen. I saw some groceries on the counter. Torn bags of others were scattered over the floor. I called for Carol and got no answer. I kept on calling as I searched the other rooms of the house. When I got to the dressing room, which is a small connecting room between the library and the bathroom, I saw Carol naked from the waist down lying on the floor. She was covered with blood and there was a butcher knife sticking in her stomach. I touched her leg and it was cold. I knew then that she was dead and there was nothing I could do for her. I telephoned the police. Jesus. And I feel like this situation, not not the end, but the part where you walk in and something just seems off has happened to everybody. And it's usually, you know, they had to run to the bathroom really fast or they got a phone call or, you know, something where they just put this stuff down and you just go looking. But always in the pit of your stomach, you feel that tiny little thing like, oh, my God, what if something has happened? And I just can't imagine. Oh, I just can't imagine. Poor Bill. This is poor care. And this guy should have been locked up. Just knowing just something is off. I could not. I don't know how you how you get over something like that. Just see. Oh, seeing it like how does that ever that can't go away it can't, it's just i don't i guess you have to i don't know it uh poor bill poor carol i just ugh. so sh- carol was stabbed strangled beaten in the head raped and had defensive wounds on her hands and arms the medical examiner determined the time of death to be between 9 and 10 a.m other than a towel left behind with blood stains on it the police had no leads sorry hold on do you understand the audacity to just go to somebody's house in the middle of the morning? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so it, I just, this guy should have been behind bars. He should have been behind bars. <sighs> All right. So Anthony, Anthony Larry's live-in girlfriend, Sharon Grice. <laughs> I have to lighten the mood somehow. I'm about to cry. <laughs> He's Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Larry. Anthony. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anthony Anthony Larry's living girlfriend, Sharon Grice, suspected Bertolotti from the beginning. She said on that morning, he left for his job at the golf course, but he was back home by 11.15 with bloodstained clothing. She found out that he had missed his ride and never made it to the job he was supposed to be going to. Instead, he said he got put on a job out in the Lockhart area, which is close to Rosemont, which, once again, that's where um, Carol and Bill lived. 
He came home with an extra $30 claiming he had borrowed it. Which, by the way, $30, I looked it up, in 1983 was about $90. Just in case you're Cheese. Cheese and crackers. I feel like a millionaire now. (laughs) (laughs) It's still not enough. A few days later, Sharon had noticed a definite change in Bertolotti. He was, quote, being weird and acting suspicious, especially with news concerning the murder in Rosemont and that Carol's car had been found a few blocks from the apartment Sharon shared with him. Sharon asked Bertolotti to recount his activities that day, and he went into a rage about it. And he began demanding to know why she was questioning him. Trusting her gut, Sharon called Crime Watch and reported her suspicions. A couple of days after giving her tip, Bertolotti confessed to Sharon. He was arrested shortly after thanks to her tip. And also, just so for, for information, she got there was a $1,000 reward for tips, and she got it. I love her. I do, too. Like... She's like, mm-mm, this ain't, mm-mm, nothing, there's, some, there's something wrong here. This ain't right. I wonder what made him not attack her. I mean, I'm glad that he didn't, but sure. I just think it's so weird the way that well, these because, violent people, the way their minds work. It's just weird. Maybe because he knows her, he, maybe, maybe he can, like, feel, like, love or affection or But the first something. person he stabbed in the back <clears throat> in the head was his ex-girlfriend. He didn't love her. He was trying to stop her from leaving. Well, mm. I just don't, I don't, I just, I don't understand. I just, it's, it's just so weird. It's weird to me that they just go into somebody's house. Well, yeah, that's weird. But I mean, you expect somebody to make these violent choices. You expect them to always make the violent choices. And then for them to suddenly say, well, I'm mad at you, but I'm not going to hurt you. I don't know. I I mean, I'm really glad that he didn't. I just, it's one of those things that I just don't. I don't understand the way these people, the way their brains work. And I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) Right. So after a search of the apartment he shared with Sharon, what? they found the clothes he had been wearing that day with the bloodstains on them. As part of his defense, Bertolotti and his lawyers try to claim that since Sharon received the thousand dollar reward from Crime Stop for her tip, that she was a paid agent. Therefore, she could not have approved for the apartment to be searched. It, isn't that ridiculous? It's so dumb. Like, I mean, I kind of get the lawyer's credit because, I mean, that was, they they had a thing on that. <laughs> but, but I can imagine, like, the planning session. What are we going to do? He had the bloody clothes in his, like, what are we going to right? do? I got it. I know what we got. I got this. <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's really not bad. But anyways, long story short, all that was denied, blah, blah, blah. And <sighs> this guy. He's this, just garbage. He should have been locked this up guy. already. I'm getting giggly because I'm getting upset. Yeah. Uh-huh. So sorry. It's going to come out weird. So in a letter that he wrote to a prosecutor, Bertolotti wrote, quote, I have no regrets or sorrows for the murder of Carol Ward. She should have locked her damn door. I really did a favor by taking her life. Don't you think so? I'm sorry. He's just absolute trash. He is just trash. Like, what in the actual... He should have been locked up already. <sighs> he shouldn't have been let out. <sighs> How did anybody survive the 70s and 80s? Bruh. That's a real question. How? Bruh. Bruh. People, people had their doors unlocked, and that's not victim blaming, but it's just like a fact of life. And then there were so many serial killers and sociopaths and psychopaths and rapists and Ted Bundys and <laughs> Golden State Killers and everybody running around. How did people survive? Okay. So, so Bertolotti says that he went up to Carol while she was outside in the garden and he asked to use her phone and she let him in to do so. 
like he's just taking advantage of these people who are kind and just want to help so he then robbed her and upon finding that there was only 31 dollars in her wallet he grabbed the knife from the kitchen and started stabbing her the first knife broke so he grabbed another one and continued until she stopped moving the judge declared the act was especially heinous atrocious and cruel after the jury deliberated for three hours he was found guilty on march 31st 1984 and on april 12th the death penalty was imposed in the appeal his defense tried to say that the sexual battery was never proven beyond a reasonable doubt therefore it couldn't be considered first degree murder so the state's defense was quote We've got a little nice name for rape now. We call it sexual battery, but a homicide committed in the course of a rape is murder in the first degree in this state and a murder committed from a premeditated design to affect death is a murder in the first degree in this state. Huh? I don't, I don't, what does that mean? I don't know. I understand the context is like he's saying, if it's premeditated, it's murder. If you're trying to rape someone and then you end up killing them, it's murder. First yeah, degree I, murder. I get it. I don't understand w- what. Why? Why are you saying like that? Doesn't have that doesn't. Okay. That had, but that it had nothing to do with the saying if the sexual battery was proven or not. I don't understand why he said like what is that? What is he trying to say? I don't get it. Right. I wanted you to explain it to me. You're not doing a good job. Because it doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> so after a psychological evaluation, Doctor James. Mayor Genghis said, quote, although he said he wants his present attorneys to drop his appeal, he does not understand the consequences of that action. He does not wish to die, and yet he does not wish to take steps to prevent it. He made his confession because of guilt and remorse and is not motivated to literally suicide because of guilt and remorse. What? Yep. So. So are they saying that he's he doesn't understand that he's got the death penalty, and if he doesn't appeal, he's going to get the death penalty. Correct. He feels guilt and remorse, but he's not trying to kill himself because of the guilt and remorse? He, yeah. I don't think he feels any guilt and remorse. I don't think so either. Like, I not disagree, Dr. James. I think you're wrong. And it, it literally blew my mind when I asked you that question, that if you're charged with murder, you don't automatically get, like, a psyche vow. Mm-mm. Like, that's not, like, a. I feel that's, that should be, like, the top five steps, maybe. It's not. At I least mean, not in I, Florida. Am I wrong in thinking that? I mean, that's, that's not unreasonable, is it? It would depend on what's being used as a defense. Why wouldn't it just be... I mean, essentially, when you go, you get kind of like a physical. So why wouldn't that be part of... When you go where? To jail. Yeah, but jail, you've already been arrested. Yeah. So they're trying to make sure... Like, they're trying to make sure that you're not going to need help in jail. Like, that you're not going to have to go to the doctor and get medicine and what all that nonsense. They don't really care about your mental health. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I thought it was weird that that wasn't, like, a mandatory or a I mean, it's part of the used, process. It's used a lot for defense. Like, right. the, the defense attorneys will get psyche vows if people, you know, claim insanity or they think it could be insanity or self-defense. Or, you know, they'll use it a lot, but it's, no, it's not mandatory, as far as I know. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> All right, now this bitch. Oh, okay. Speaking of needing mental health help, while in prison, Anthony Anthony Larry got engaged to Luann Beggy. They announced their planned wedding for August 2nd, 1990 in a June 1990 issue of the Orlando Sentinel. In less than two weeks after that announcement, 
Governor Bob Martinez signed Bertolotti's third death warrant. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, Bob was like, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. The lawyers tried to fight his execution, saying that since there was a botched execution of Jesse Tefera, that the electric chair wasn't working properly. Did you see what happened to him? Yeah, I did. I didn't. He caught on fire. Yeah. They oh. blamed it on the, um, like, the sponge thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they said, like, I guess, I mean, I guess the sponge doesn't malfunction, does it? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> cut that out <laughs> someone's just like not today bitch i'm out it just takes off running it's where spongebob squarepants came from it was that sponge don't say that oh man okay um <laughs> what uh so yeah they blamed it on like the sponge did it do its job or something yeah uh, yeah I can't believe that. The, and I know we've discussed it before, but I can't believe this is how these people used to yeah. be executed. Yes. It is disgusting. Well, they, it's better than being drawn and quartered. So they're, they're making steps. Are they? Yeah. Well, I mean, he caught on fire. <laughs> is that a step in the right direction? It's just the things that people just accepted in America are just not okay. It's just not okay. Guys, we are not laughing at this guy catching on fire. It's just, it's so ridiculous. I can't believe that this happened. And then that it happened and the people were just like, it'll be all right, keep trying. (laughs) What? You're making me feel like a bad person. What is happening? It's bad at this. Because I don't know. How did this happen in American history? In recent American history? This happened less than 50 years ago. Jeez. All right. It came from Edison and Tesla, remember? Yeah, I blame Edison for this. Yeah. I decided he has a small peen. And probably syphilis back in the day. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. Okay. But a judge ruled that the electric chair's 2,000 volts are, quote, sufficient to cause painless termination of life. Sir. Mm-mm. No, sir. <laughs> Have you ever had a static I don't know shock? Why you're giving me that like, look? A static electric shock where you just walk and then you touch a doorknob and it shocks you. Yeah, that's probably worse than that. Yeah, there's nothing painless about that. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why does America? Why does America? America? I don't. Know. I don't. Did, how? Mm, okay, that's a whole different podcast. Okay. So for his last meal, Anthony Anthony Larry ate fried shrimp macaroni and cheese rolls and iced tea same while being strapped in the chair he said quote i would like to say i leave with peace and love in my heart no animosity for those i love be strong and know that god is with them animosity to what though uh i'm sorry i can think of probably dozens of people who have animosity to you anthony anthony larry starting with the ex-girlfriend you stabbed in the back of the head and then the 21 year old girl that you trapped in her own apartment and then all of carol's family you keep your animosity right like all right so five days before his wedding date to miss luann 
On July 28, 1990, at 7.07, Anthony Bertolotti was pronounced dead from electrocution. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I know he's I'm trash, not, but... Like, I'm not laughing that he died. I'm laughing that she finds this guy in prison. They announce their engagement. The governor's like, mm, nope, okay, we're, you're going to die. And then li- literally, like, they couldn't let the man get married. Like, it's it's kind of like, whoa. But then at the same time, it's like they kind of just gave him a big F.U. Like, and I kind of think that's awesome. And it wasn't even like a like an Adnan situation where he was innocent. No. He actually did it. Yes. Luann. <laughs> Poor Luann. That's what I'm Poor saying. Poor Luann. So I'm not laughing at the death penalty or, or anything like that. It's just this whole situation it's a lot like, could could not have been any worse like it really couldn't have wait so hold on yes it can let's keep going and there's so, more on august 1st poor little luann poor luann she needed so much mental health though poor luann she took an overdose of an antidepressant she was found before she died and doctors thought she would be okay two weeks later she died from a massive heart attack due to the overdose in her suicide note she wrote quote Please bury me with a picture of Anthony by me. Like, Luann needed is, some kind of help. That is the literally most tragic story ever. Like, that whole thing. She needed some help. She needed something. Poor woman. Yeah. That was a rough one. You're welcome. That was a wild ride. It was, a, that was, that was a lot. It was. All right. Hi, give me a happy ending. Okay. All right. Okay, so our birthday's today. In 1947, Liz Torres was born, but we all know her as Miss Patty from Gilmore Girls. <gasps> oh, I happy love birthday. And then in 1970, Tamara, uh, Tamara Taylor was born, and we know her as Dr. Cam Saroyan from Bones. Oh, she was the one with, um, what's his name, that had a birthday recently. Wasn't she? No. Did she date him on the show? No, you're thinking of Angela. Said- Cam Saroyan was the, um, she came in as like the boss. After the, I think the second season. Yeah, she's like the hot black chick. Yeah, didn't she date the? Uh, the no, young you're thinking of Angela. Hair? Angela's the artist. Cam I'm... didn't date the blonde headed kid. Oh dang, that's right. Okay, you're right. My bad. Okay. Okay. All right. So in 1982, Anna Camp was born, and she was has been in a ton of stuff. But I know her best as Aubrey and Pitch Perfect, the blonde leader chick. Oh yeah, with the whistle. Uh huh, with the whistle. And then in 1984, Avril Lavigne was born. <gasps> yes, all hail the princess. I still love Avril Lavigne so much. Same, same. Okay, so we have a couple of good events today. So in 1905, um, a physics journal published Albert Einstein's paper: Does the inertia of a body depend upon its energy content? Which introduced MC E equals MC squared. <gasps> Ooh, when was this? 1905. Huh. Okay. Okay. This is my favorite event today. <laughs> it's oh, so gosh. weird. <laughs> okay. So in 1937, the very first Santa Claus training school opened in Albion, New York. <laughs> the Santa Claus training school. The first one, which means there have been others that have opened since. <laughs> <laughs> So the guy who opened it, okay. I, I of course had to research. I was like, why? What? What in the world made somebody? So uh, <laughs> in 1937, Charles W. Howard, who was a farmer in New York, established a Santa school. <laughs> 
as a response to his displeasure with seeing other Santas in frayed suits and cheap beards and a shockingly inadequate knowledge of reindeer. Oh. The school, the Charles, it's the Charles W. Howard Santa Claus School. Still open today. It's in Midland, Michigan now. With a... (laughs) I got this directly from, I think it's the same, I think it's, I mean, I got it directly from the website, the school website, and it says, <laughs> the school continues running under the direction of Tom and Holly Vallant and is carried on in Midland, Michigan with an eager student body of about 300 joyful and jolly new and returning students each year. Wait, you have to go for like multiple years? I have no idea. And there's at least 300 of them? And they're joyful and jolly. Of course they are. That sounds exhausting. They're in Santa school. Like, I just what do love you the, do? I just love the shockingly inadequate knowledge of reindeer. The <laughs> shade. <laughs> oh, it made me so happy. Okay. Oh, that was a good event. That's just one of my favorite events we've ever had. Because <laughs> you can even just imagine Mr. Howard's conversation he had with his wife. Oh, yes. Damn it, Becky, I'm starting a school. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, honey, you do that. All right, Charles. (laughs) I support it. All right. Anyways, okay. So, sorry, that event made me so happy. All right. So, and then our final event today, just last year, 2021, R&B artist R. Kelly was convicted on nine counts of racketeering and sex trafficking after a six-week trial in New York. What? A piece. Do you know when his first sort of um, accusation was made public? Nineteen ninety six. Of course, it was twenty five years. He was allowed to prey on women, but he is behind bars now. Ha ha! Die mad, bitch. Hey, who caught your eye this week? <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Okay. Um, have you seen the movie? Um, probably not. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. Probably not. Um, but. Is it trolls? It's called in time. Anyway, these people pay and buy everything with time. Okay. Like they have. You're making this weird. Anyways, <laughs> making this weird. He is just it, he. For me, I would need him to gain just a little bit more weight, but he's pretty physically perfect. And for me, I'm gonna need a little bit more of a sincere apology to Britney Spears. He did her dirty. I mean, I forgive him. Well, that's. That's good. I'm not really, it's not really your forgiveness I'm looking for. Oh. It's I mean, Britney, bitch. Well, if he never finds anybody else to forgive him, I forgive you, Justin. I'm sure his super hot wife is like, I, I'm, I've got this. You're good. But, but no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who caught your eye? So, um, I was super emotional one day this week and I thought, you know what? I need to cry. So I watched, um, Tick, Tick, Boom again and it's just perfection. <sighs> Oh, it's just perfection. That's it. That's all I got. So Andrew Garfield, Lynn Manuel, Alexander Ship. Oh my God, Robin De Jesus, just <sighs> Vanessa Hudgens. They're all just perfection. It's just perfection. And there's so many freaking cameos in that movie. So when you get the urge to cry, you just make yourself cry, as opposed to doing what? I just stay on like the verge of tears for like a week and a half. That's not good. Oh, put on a movie and sob through it. And it, so just, I, I start, it started to be Hamilton again. I'm not going to lie. It started to be Hamilton again. But it was like 930. And I told myself I cannot start a three hour musical at 930 at night. Right. And I can't skip. Right. So I went with Tick, Tick, Boom. It was a good choice. It worked. Oh, God, poor Jonathan Larson. Huh. 
have to try that. It really does help. For me, anyway. from September 27th, 1983. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Date With Murder and on Facebook at A Date With Pod. Bye. Okay, love, love you, miss you. No, me. No. Okay, I love me. you, wish bye. Ready? Okay. Wait, can you, wait, you can't see wait. it. Hold on, wait. I gotta find the camera. Okay. Okay, love you, miss you, bye. That's not fair. You can't give me spirit fingers. Okay, love you, miss you, bye. <laughs> Actually, what I should have just done is refused to play and just said it while you were doing your hand. Oh. <laughs> also, it really doesn't matter the order we say it in because I am the editor, so I can just pop mine in first anyway. That's winning. That's that's pretty smart. That's fair, yeah. Oh, amen. Amen. Okay, hugs and kisses. High fives and handshakes. Hugs and kisses. Smiles and finger guns. Pew, pew. pew, pew, pew. Bye. Bye. My mama comes home tomorrow. Yay! I haven't seen her in weeks. Me, me and her have been counting down for the past few days. <laughs> Your poor mother. <laughs> You're counting down for different reasons. <laughs> Stop it. She missed me. She misses me. Mom! <laughs> Tell me you miss me. Physical therapy was terrible. Why? Uh, she, She's weird. I'm sure that she is saying the exact same thing to her best friend on her podcast right now. I worked with this girl today. She was weird. <laughs> oh, and I'm actually... Oh, sorry. I wasn't ready. I was... I was... <laughs> I was having... There's a lot of numbers on that first line. I was having a hard time. I'm so sorry. We're not on the first line yet. Calm down. I know, but... You literally was, just had to say your name. <laughs> I was getting worried for you, and I was like, wow, that's a lot. Okay. I'm so sorry. There's a lot of numbers in my name. I am R2D2. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was bleak. Oh, my. I mean, is it wrong, though? I mean, kind of. My heavens. I'm getting all Thanos up in here. <laughs> you shall call me Thanos. I shall not.